1: Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the talking chop. Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful Wednesday and an outstanding week. Hope that overall your 2022 is getting off to a great start. Of course, the Daily Hammer is part of the great lineup of podcasts at Talking Chop, including the Talking Chop podcast and the Road to Atlanta podcast. You can find all of these at talkingchop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at Stats SAC. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously, it is uh the new year and we finally are starting to see some important, you know, rumbling some news when it comes to the MLB lockout. It seems as if Major League Baseball is going to put together a core economics package that they're going to meet with the MLBPA, the MLB Players Association with, on Thursday to see hopefully if we can get started on talks resuming for a resolution to be found when it comes to the MLB lockout and obviously a new collective bargaining agreement. Now, obviously, as you've heard me discuss, many others discuss across all forms of Podcasts and writings when it comes to Major League Baseball, the big thing is not only when this whole situation may be resolved, but the overall impacts, and it's expected to be significant impacts for the present and future of the game that will occur as a result of whatever you know, new layouts, new uh, new things are put in place from this resolution. So make sure to keep it at Talking Chop as well as the Talking Chop Podcast Network with all things going on when it comes to the news that happens and the latest from the talks about ending the MLB lockout and resuming the offseason. And obviously it's going to be a busy offseason. As I mentioned in our last talking or Daily Hammer podcast, you know, of course this week you've got the International Signing Day period started up. The Braves have been connected to a couple of very talented young prospects that'll be welcome additions to the lower level of the Brave system, and you've also got the Hall of Fame as well. But, you know, with it being the new year and with it seeming as if there's starting to be movement with hopefully moving in the right direction to get the MLB layout, it's time to talk baseball again. It's time to talk The 2022 season, obviously, and one of the things that the guys talked about on the Talking Chop podcast earlier this week and that Eric Cole himself wrote about was the idea of bringing back Jorge Soler. And when you look at the quartet of outfielders that the Braves acquired at the trade deadline – Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, um, Jock Peterson, as well as um, Adam Duvall. I would say that Jorge Soler probably made the biggest impact. Yes, Eddie Rosario was outstanding in the playoffs. Adam Duvall was outstanding with big hits in the regular season, as well as the playoffs, and of course the timely at-bats of Jock Peterson. But when you look at the overall offensive consistency, of any of those four players, it's hard to deny that Jorge Soler truly was a difference maker. Listen, the thing that we stood that stood out after we lost Ronald Acuna Jr. right before the All Star break, how in the world were the Braves going to be able to replicate his production at the top of the order? And while Jorge Soler was not Ronald Acuna Jr., the combination of not only his power but also his patience at the plate was absolutely outstanding at times for, you know, significant stretches of the regular season as well as when he did play in the playoffs. Now, the idea of bringing back a Soler, it becomes interesting, right? Because if you bring back Soler, you've already got Ronald Acuna Jr. in the mix, who you're going to see probably brought back slowly to start the season as he's recovering from his ACL injury. You're likely not going to want him in center, so you're going to want to put him in right. You've got Adam Duvall. Who showed that he can play center, but you may not want to trust him over a full season. He could probably play a decent center field for you at least to start the season, but he's more valuable in a corner outfield position, more than likely left field. So that's what stands out as well. And then you also have in the mix, of course, Marcelo Zuna. It'd be interesting to see how his situation is handled, and as well as Christian Pache, who is more than capable of playing center field. So obviously, with those four players already intact, you've already got four right-handed hitters. You've already got a, an outfield alignment where, yes, you likely have plenty of offense and you have good defense in the corners, but is Pache truly ready to take over in the center field? That's why if, or if the Braves were to sign a, an outfielder outside of who they have currently in their setup, if they were to bring in another outfielder from the outside, as I mentioned, it would make sense for it to be someone who has chops in center field, who you truly could feel capable of playing center field. But another perspective is this, is that one reason to advocate for bringing back Jorge Soler is that at the top of the order, when it comes to the Braves lineup, especially if Ronald Acuna Jr. may not be a full-time starter to start the season, Jorge Soler at the top of the order is something you know that was productive. Is a move was one of the better managerial moves, better managerial strategic decisions that Brian Snicker and his staff have made during his time as a manager. And if assuming that you bring back Freddie Freeman, you know that Freddie Freeman's going to be in your top four of the lineup. You know that Austin Riley's going to be in the top four of your lineup, and you know that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be there once he's back healthy. But do you stick with Ozzie Albies being in the top of your order? You would like to. You would like to be able to trust him up there. But sometimes his cold streaks makes it hard for him to to hit out of that two or three position. But if you bring back Jorge Soler, you then have a potential trustworthy option. With his patient approach at the plate plus his power, that you could put up in that two or three or maybe even four position when Ronald Acuna Jr. comes back to be the leadoff hitter. So I'm an advocate for it. I'm an advocate for bringing back Jorge Soler because I you, you trust the offense. You think the offense is going to be there. I don't think he's going to produce for a full season like he did to end last season. I don't think he'll do that, but I do think that he's someone that certainly could be a reliable option for an extended period of the season at the top of the Braves' order. At the end of the day, the top of the Braves' order is probably going to be Acuna, Freddie Freeman... Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, some variation of that. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But if there are times in which Albies was to struggle and you may want to move him down a bit in the order and you had Soler as someone that would either play a corner outfield position or with DH, you could move him up in the order. It's a seamless, it's interchangeable. It's a seamless transition. And I would put the offensive upside of Soler being back in the Braves lineup then I would be too much worried about the defense because the Braves, again, they have Guillermo Heredia. They'll have Christian Pache. They have options that they could always bring in to play defense later on in games. If you want a more balanced outfield approach and you need a left-hander at some point to play left field, I get it. But at the end of the day, if I'm the Braves and I have a reasonable opportunity to bring Jorge Jorge Soler back, especially for multiple years, I'm jumping all over that. Because of the offensive upside, because of the depth that it adds to your lineup, and just in general, because of the ability for you to be able to move him around different parts of the lineup to where he'll be productive. So when it comes to outfield options, especially those that the Braves brought back at the trade deadline, as far as them bringing them back to be a part of this team moving forward, to fill out with Ronald Cunha Jr., Adam Duvall, and the rest of the options that they already have in place, I'm fully on board with Jorge Soler being the choice to bring back, and hopefully it could be for multiple years if the price is right.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make
1: So obviously, with the um, you know resume resume talks in the conversations regarding a resolution for the MLB lockout. Um, Hopefully that means in time, you know, maybe within the next month or so, we can get the MLB offseason back going. Maybe they extend, you know, the spring training not to start again until March, and then you look for the, uh, you know, regular season to start sometime in early April. All that's speculative. You know, we'll wait to see what happens with the MLB lockout. But another interesting narrative, interesting storyline that stands out for me is that, you know, we just talked about Jorge Soler being signed by the Braves, and that makes sense. Right? It's, it's a player you're familiar with, a player that you know made the most of his time in Atlanta, someone that seems to be very popular with the franchise. You obviously want Freddie Freeman back. But at the end of the day, if you're signing to Freddie Freeman, and if you're signing to Jorge Soler, what you're doing is you're just simply, you know, it, it costs you money. And I know that the Braves need to be, you know, you know very astute they need to be frugal with their money we call it financial flexibility especially with still trying to figure out the eventual the eventual future of the commitment that's owed to Marcelo Zuna but at the end of the day if you bring Freddie Freeman back and you bring Jorge Soler back that costs you money so you still have your prospects you still have your young players in place so on and so forth but another interesting narrative that I think stands out for this Braves franchise is that you're starting to get close to that fine line when it comes to some of these Braves prospects in terms of them still having value as young players with potential, but also potentially getting to the edge of that cliff where that value may start to fall off as they get a longer track record in the majors that's not so successful or... You just don't have as much of an opportunity for them as you once thought you did due to various reasons. You know, I'm talking about, you know, prospects like a a Christian Pache or a, um, you know, Kyle Wright or, you know, maybe even, uh, you know, a, a William Contreras. I think that all three of those players still certainly have value as young players, you probably have seen Kyle Wright's value reduce a bit overall than you've seen a Pache or a Contreras. I still think that both Contreras and Pache, even if they spend the majority of their seasons in the minor leagues in 2022, would still have plenty of value after this season. But you're getting closer and closer to where you are trying to determine, okay, is the maximum value from those players potentially as trade pieces? Or is it that they have a long-term role with this team? Now, other names that have been with the Braves for a while that just have not worked out at the majors so far, like a Sean Newcomb or a Tuki Tassant or what have you, those players, they, may, they could potentially find a role in the bullpen this season, or they could be traded as intriguing pieces for a bullpen piece in time, kind of like a Bryce Wilson was last year. But I do feel that the Braves should have a bit of motivation to just see what's out there, to see in a package that's headlined by perhaps a um, Christian Pache or a William Contreras or one of their young pitchers, like, you know, maybe even a Tucker Davidson or something like that. I'm not saying the Braves, you know, are wrong if they hold on to those guys. They're It's obviously good, especially for a minor league system that right now is not as deep as it once was due to many young players graduating and obviously not having as many outlets to add talent in recent years due to the sanctions put on by Major League Baseball, sure, you don't give these young talents away. But the point that I'm making is is that the, the, the Braves do have some depth in terms of starting pitching arms in the upper part of their minor leagues, so parting with one of those players wouldn't necessarily be at the end of, at the, end of the world. You've got Drew Waters and Michael Harris, who are other very good outfield prospects as well, perhaps trading a poche away for a more reliable, cost-controlled option that you can have for multiple years at the major league level. That not be, may not be the, the, the worst route to go. Or looking at a William Contreras with Shea Langoliers and plus two more years of Travis Darno and Manny Pena, you've got depth there. So I'm not saying that the expiration date is two months down the line of where some of these more intriguing young prospects or more intriguing young talents the Braves have in their system without a clear defined role for next season. I'm not saying that their values as trade pieces is going to expire in two months. But I am saying that if you go through another year, and if for some reason they were to put together, you know, more proof that it may take time for them to, you know, prove themselves at the major league level, or if they, you know, were to struggle for any reason when it comes to the minor league level, you do start to get close to that line where you run that risk of some of your more attractive young pieces that could be used in trades, their value may go down in time. Again, for the Braves, you're, you know. You're fine if you keep all this young depth. There's nothing wrong with having as many options as possible to fulfill spots, especially when it comes to the question marks that the Braves have after Charlie Morton, Max Freed, and Ian Anderson in the rotation, as well as the fact that the Braves certainly have plenty of depth to be filled in their outfield. Young options are great to have. But I do think that if the right deal came along, for the Braves to be able to get a cost controlled option that could be added to the starting rotation or that could be, you know, potential DH DH/Hatfield option, the Braves shouldn't hesitate to go after it. You've got your proof now that you be impatient and you be and you believing in the young pieces that you've had, they've brought you a World Series title. Your window is now open. You have one of if not the best young cores of talent moving forward over the next three to five years already established at the major league level. That gives you more incentive to want to go out and get certainty that's out there, whether it be an outfielder, whether it be a pitcher. And in my opinion, you may have a little bit of extra motivation when you really sit down and think, okay, some of my younger trade pieces, some of my younger prospects, their best time, their best value as trade pieces may be right now. That doesn't mean you should go force a trade. That doesn't mean you make a trade out of you know thinking that now is the last time they'll have value, but it could be that little bit of extra incentive that while in the past Alan, Alex Anthopoulos has been reluctant to part with some of his young talents, this time around it may make a bit of sense because there's probably not as much opportunities for these young talents to be able to shine at the major league level this year, and you have every reason it. Every single incentive possible to keep this window rolling over the next three to five years of giving yourself as best chance as possible to win as many World Series titles as possible. And in my opinion, that could mean using some of your best young talents. The best way to maximize their value is using them as potential trade pieces to go get an established Major League talent that you know can contribute to the Braves winning and that also you know is cost-controlled for years to come. So a very interesting narrative in my opinion. I do think while we've always talked about the incentive is there and while Alex Anthopoulos has shown at the trade deadline he can find the right players for minimal costs, it may be the time to make a significant trade. Even if he has a re-sign of Freddie Freeman. Even if you go out and you sign another outfielder. It may make sense for you to be able to then go and get another starting pitcher because at the end of the day, you don't know when Charlie Morton, you don't know if he's going to replicate his success from this past year. You hope he does. But there's absolutely no no issue with having as much certain depth as possible, and I do think that gives the Braves a reason to explore the trade market, especially with where the value is for some of their young pieces and the depth that they have in certain areas of their minor league system. It could be an interesting narrative to ro- watch if the Braves were to make a significant trade. Obviously, we've got so many different things to discuss. When it comes to the Braves in the upcoming Major League Baseball season, I'm going to have Adam Herbert with me here in the near future once again to continue our retracing the steps to a title where we go back and look at certain moves that led to the roster that eventually won the 2021 World Series title. And for all the latest going on around the Braves in Major League Baseball, keep it tuned here. We'll have a show Every midweek and every weekend when it comes to the Daily Hammer. And, of course, we'll also have the Talking Chop podcast. Should be a new Road to Atlanta podcast coming out soon discussing the Braves activity during the international signing period. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop, and the Road to Atlanta podcast all at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of so of social media, make sure to check out also talkingchop.com. Plenty of great written content discussing the candidacy of certain Braves of former Braves who are in the Hall of Fame, the likelihood or the reason why the Braves should consider some pretty significant free agents that are still out there. And check out Battery Power with Grant McCauley and Corey McCartney always discussing the latest stuff around the Atlanta Braves when it comes to projecting current Braves and also the 2022 season. Obviously, it's a great time to be a Braves fan, even though I am a Vols fan myself. I want to say congratulations to all the Georgia Bulldog fans that happen to be Braves fans as well. Long time coming. Congratulations on your national championship and a hell of a time for y'all. But at the end of the day, it's awesome when you see your favorite sports teams finally get over the hump and win some titles. So congratulations to the Georgia Bulldog fans. We all still get to celebrate a Braves World Series, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.